0: This morning, within the few minutes that we have, we want to continue on this series. I told us uh, two weeks ago, I guess, that uh, we are starting a new series. I know some of you will be thinking I want to continue on uh, the hope of the gospel, because I still have two more dimensions to cover. But somehow, uh, we are going to leave that uh, so that this series that I announced uh, about two weeks ago, uh, we can begin to explore it further. Uh, this series was uh, started last week by our brother who brought the word to us. And we're going to hear words aligning with that as we go home, just to see how we can be more effective as witnesses and as ambassadors for Christ. That's essentially the reason for that. How can we go beyond the rhetorics of words into becoming a people who are impactful as witnesses and as ambassadors. The world seems to be tired of words. They are looking for substance. They are looking for men and women of substance. and that is the reason we are here. People have had so many preachings, so many teachings, but they are looking for those people whose lives go beyond Words. People in whom they can touch realities. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. And that's what God wants to position each and every one of us for. In our homes, in our communities, in our towns, in our cities and in our nations, hallelujah, Amen. and that sets the tone for the series that we are going to be hearing, we are going to be having, and many different people will come in to share with us. Hallelujah. Amen. And so this morning, turn with me to John chapter one. John chapter one. The book of John, the gospel, rather, of John chapter one. The gospel according to John chapter one. And I'm going to read verses 1 to 5, then jump to verses 14 to 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. Jump quickly to verse 16. And of his fullness, we all have received and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Actually, that word is revealed him, made him know.
1: Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, let me start this way. that when Jesus came into the world, he did not just come
0: as a messenger. He came as the message.
1: Himself
0: was the message, and is still the message. Hallelujah. He did not just come to tell us about grace and about truth. He himself actually came as the truth. Himself was truth personified. Grace personified. Hallelujah.
1: All the prophets
0: and men before him, they came to tell us about God. He came to show us who God is. They told us about
1: the love of God, how great that can be.
0: to reveal to us, to make known to us what that love will mean in reality. Hmm. In that verse 16 we read, it said, no one has seen the God before But the only begotten who was with him, who had sent him, he came to show him. To make him know. That if you are thinking about the father and you have so so much idea about him, it's good for you to see the reality of it in person. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter one, Hebrews chapter one. In Hebrews chapter one, from verse one, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, as in this last day spoken to us by, His Son, whom he has appointed here of all things, through whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person, and and upholding all things by the word of his power. Hallelujah. So Jesus, and that supports what I told us before, as the son of God did not come to just
1: prophesy about God. He
0: himself came to reveal who God is in person. He didn't just come with a message, himself was the message. And so the title of my brief sharing this morning, because of time, is Embodying the Word. Embodying the Word. Embodying the Word.
1: I know it's something we have made reference to in this church. a lot, but it's good to talk about it.
0: I'm sure the word embodying is not new to us in this assembly, but once you look at what does that mean, and the goal this morning within the space of time that we have is to actually say, how do we begin to embody the world? But before we go into that, what does it mean to embody the
1: world? The word embody means to represent
0: or to be a living example Or to show a practical
1: reality of an idea, a concept, or a truth. Hallelujah. That's the word embody.
0: Whether there's an idea, or a concept, or a truth, the person who leaves out that in a way that people can relate to is the one who is embodying it,
1: both in their words and in their actions. Hallelujah.
0: It is about making that which seems abstract, vague, non-tangible, to become a reality that people can see, interact with, and relate to. That's what it means to embody something, it's to personify, as we were discussing in one of our Bible studies. Hallelujah. So the Bible in that first John in that John chapter 1 verse 14 says and the word became flesh and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten son of the father full of grace and truth. So when Jesus came he came to embody the word. The Bible had told us that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God And the word was God. So he came to embody
1: the word.
0: He came to display the reality, to be the living example of what the logos, because that word there, the word, is actually logos. So it came to give it life. It came to give it a reality that people can see. And we were not surprised that John said, and we beheld his glory. We beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. It was something they could relate to. It was something they could touch.
1: And I'll give us practical examples of that as with Jesus.
0: Amen. Amen. For practical purposes, it's about the written world becoming the living world. Did you get that? The written world of God, becoming the living word of God. It's about translating that, which is written into that which has life and is living, is working amongst us. I would have asked us to read other translations of that. It is bringing home that which seemed to be far away, that seemed to be, you know, abstract. That was essentially what Jesus Christ came to do. And I'll pick it from that place. It says, for instance, let's pick the first one. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. The life was the light of men. And you know that Psalm 119, verse 105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, isn't it? And that, any, anyone can imagine what that means. When Jesus Christ came, he came not just to tell us about light, he came to show us what it means to be light. The word, talk about the word is light. But when he came, he came as the practical demonstration of what that actually meant.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. So he embodied that written word of God, which is settled in heaven. For the scriptures in the same time, 119, verse 89 says, Your word, O Lord, is settled in heaven. It's settled, it cannot be broken. It's a reality that has been established in the heavens. But on the earth, how do we know what that actually means? When Jesus came, he showed it. Hallelujah. By the life that he lived, by his own life, the life that was in him, the life that he lived, demonstrated what it means to be light in the world. Hallelujah. No wonder, turn with me to to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. In Matthew chapter 4, the scripture has this to tell us. Now when Jesus, uh, that's from about verse 12. Now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, Saying, the land of Zebulun and of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Hallelujah. The appearance of Jesus in that region actually was a demonstration of light. Something came upon that region by the physical presence of Jesus there, hallelujah. The word that was written became a reality fulfilled because someone came to bring the dawn of light there. Yay, hallelujah. You didn't get what that means. It's mere appearance. So if you are talking about God being light, when he came, he showed clearly what that meant. A people who were in darkness, a people who were, who were enslaved in darkness, a people who had no clarity, a people who were in confusion. When he came, he brought clarity. He
1: brought understanding. He cleared their misconception. Hallelujah. May the Lord help us to understand this truth in Jesus' name. And no wonder he said
0: in John, for instance, in John 8, 12, in John 8, verse 12, it says, the scripture says this, and I'll read again from chapter 9. It, it says, then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So he who walks with me will not grow up in darkness. Will not be in darkness. Will not live in confusion.
1: But we have clarity of what it means to live the true life. Hallelujah.
0: And he went again in chapter 9, I think verse uh, verse 5. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. He could say that clearly, because wherever he appeared, light was seen. Let me quickly explain that in a way. Before Christ came, you know, there are many, the scripture looked, know, just uh, some idealistic moral code from god that is not a reality that anyone can live in can expect can experience hallelujah when he came he came to bring clear meaning to what looks idealistic he came to bring the reality of what looks like some sophisticated Unrealistic, unachievable idea from God. That is what we talk about, the written becoming the living. The abstract becoming a reality. May God help us to understand what this is about in Jesus' name.
1: in his own life,
0: brought light. So if anyone is wondering, what does this mean? What does this, how can this be achieved? You only need to look at him, and you can see that it is achievable. It is attainable. This is the real meaning and understanding of what the word has said. Even before speaking, even before saying anything. May God help us. In understanding this,
1: in Jesus' name.
0: If you understand that, let's move on. Even to the to the to this idea of God being a father. In fact, that's not an idea so much understood in the Old Testament
1: only in few places was God referenced
0: as a father. However, when Jesus came, he brought down that concept of God being the one who is up there to the level that people can understand his heart, who he is truly. He demonstrated him. He showed him. According to the verse sixteen, it showed him; it demonstrated who the Father is. Whoa, and I'm. I just pray that the Lord will help us with this in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. There was confusion about, oh, what is the truth? You remember Pilate raised that when he was trying Jesus. What is the truth? We don't even know when, Je- when Jesus came. Said, "I am." the way, the truth, and the lie. I'm reading from John 14, verse 6 and 7. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the lie. No one comes to the Father except through me. Verse 7, if you have known me, you will have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him, and have seen him. Does this make sense to us? If you have seen me, you will have seen my father. You don't have any doubt about who the father is once you have seen me. Because whatever you see in me, that is actually who the father is. I'm a replica of who the father is. What is written, you can see it in life. Amen. Amen.
1: I'm not just somebody who is proposing a truth.
0: I am the truth. Brothers, what is God looking for in our lives? God wants us to be a people who are embodying what the world and even many Christians amongst us consider to be unrealistic, (coughs) idealistic about the word of God, about who God is, about his ways, and about his virtues. Hallelujah. God doesn't just want to raise a people who will just talk about him. He wants a people who can stand and say, this is the reality of this. This is exactly what this scripture is talking about. I am a living testimony of what this scripture is talking about. That is what enhances our witness. People consider the Word of God to just be an idea rather than a reality. But God wants us to be in our homes, in our neighborhood, in our communities, a people through whom the reality of the Word of God can be seen, touched, and related to. This morning may just be for me to just talk generally, to give a background to the teachings that God will be bringing to us. We are moving from the realm of just reading the word of God to actually exemplifying the word of God. We have talked about love. Let me just use examples of things that we have talked about. We have talked about love, love, love. Do you know what God is looking for? Not so much talk about love anymore amongst us. But someone you will see and say, this is the love of God. Personified. This is the reality of what the love of God means. Amen. So that that which is written can become that which is living a living reality. Praise God. If you are talking about holiness, it won't just be a concept, an idea, You can look at someone and say no this is the holiness of God in reality you knew that the the, 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 the the Pharisees and the Sadducees in the time in the time of Jesus they had a different idea of what holiness is because let me give you an example a woman who they considered to be a notorious sinner in the community went to Jesus and was weeping at the feet of Jesus and you know, Robin using her hair to wipe. Said, oh, if he is a prophet, he will have known that this woman nobody relates with her. Do, do you get? Do you get it? Because their own idea of holiness is something that somebody else can just who 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 just come around and around you can contaminate immediately. So you have to be <laughs> completely separated. No. Holiness is a nature. Even if you go and hide yourself in the cave, if you are not holy, you are not holy. Your thoughts will still follow you there. You will still be thinking of all those evils you are trying to run away from. Oh. What a truth that was. So he showed them what true holiness is. It's not about what you eat. It's not about what goes into the mouth. (laughs) It's about the fruit of your life. Remember when we were students, for some people wanted to go into deep consecration and thank God some of us didn't fall into that trap. Oh, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. You can't eat this, you can't eat that. No to the pure, all things are pure. I may choose not to willingly, but not because I think that's what we're doing to make me holier. You get the point we are making? Holiness demonstrated. If somebody's wondering what it is, some people have the concept of holiness that doesn't smile, doesn't joke, That's their concept. Is it, because to them it's an idea. They are wondering what is this holiness about? But God wants a life who can demonstrate the holiness of God, who is living a normal life. And in that normal life, it becomes a light to show what true holiness is inside out. Amen. Mm-hmm. Hope we are getting what God is trying to get at. So that when we then talk, because our life has already exemplified what we want to say, it becomes very clear. It becomes clear, hallelujah. I'll have to stop here this morning. And hopefully I may be able to take this further. I thought I could go into telling us how. Do we start embodying the word? But we'll stop here this morning and just pray. Bow down, yes, as we pray together. Let's just pray that God will reveal to us, through the different people amongst us who will be sharing with us, and others, God may want us to bring from outside to share with us. That will begin to be a people who can represent the word of God correctly, who can embody the word, personify the word. That, that which men thought to be unrealistic, they will see the practicality of it in our lives fellow believers. Pray that through the sharings, through the ministrations that will be coming to us, just as we had last week, things will become clearer to us what God is saying and who God wants us to be. You are our epistle. You are the epistle of Christ that men can read That is exactly what that is saying. You are embodying the truth. So that wherever you go, there is something men and women can perceive in your life that will point them in the direction of the truth, that will show them the way, especially in our world, which is full of confusion and so many, many theologies. even even in the church. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Lord, we receive your grace for everyone that as we go through this series, there will be true life transformation. Amen. There will be true life change in our lives. Amen. That we may truly represent you and represent your kingdom. Amen. wherever we go amen. represent your heart wherever we are in Jesus name we have prayed amen 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 amen